Welcome back to Shrinking It Down, Mental Health Made Simple. I'm Dr. Jean Bereson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today we're going to revisit a previous podcast on the transition to college or work. And in that one, Steve and Ellen Broughton, our associate director here at the Clay Center, uh, talked about parent stress, about the kids going off to college. Well, today we've got Ellen's son, Peter Broughton, and we want to take a different perspective. We want to look at what is it like for kids and young adults to go off to college or work? What what are the stresses what that they have? What what are they dealing with? What are the struggles and what are the you know, the joys and kind of the the, the cool things that happen? All right, thanks for having me again, guys. First of all, right off the bat, there is almost too much to talk about. And I think that parents and kids can just get simply overwhelmed and kind of just, you know, either deny that they're anxious or deny that they're not ready for that next step of leaving the nest, you know, leaving the home. And that's that's where problems come up because that only begets more anxiety and more stress. And there are there are definitely ways to cope with that. There are ways to, you know, build your self-awareness of your emotions and to build skills for self-advocacy so you can correctly advocate for yourself. And But the biggest piece is knowing yourself. And sometimes there's no other way of doing that than going through <laughs> with, you know, going out to school or, you know, taking a gap year or anything along those lines, you know, some people get scared and some people shut down. But the most important thing is just to take an action, period. I know you're talking about when you're in college. Wait a minute. I just got to say, you are so good at that. Like the only <laughs> thing that would have made that better was a soundtrack in the background <laughs> sort of playing. Um, no, I'm, this should be on. That That was really good. That was Thank really you. articulate and, and honest. And, and you're right. Sometimes all you can do is dive in there like you can have all the thoughts and worries and concerns and hopes but you can't possibly know what it's going to be like till you do it no i mean i i just turned 18 by the time i graduated high school i was still a kid you know i'm only 21 now and i still don't really know if i'm going in the right direction going on on the right path but oh you know my many paths grasshopper (laughs) exactly (laughs) one with the force right right. and uh but there's there's no other way to you know there's no other way but forward and i i really i really do believe in that that uh you know step by step i'm getting stronger and i'm gaining pieces of self-awareness and well did you have can you tell us a little bit about some of the challenges or some of the things that you discovered when you were, you know, in real time out there that you previously were maybe unaware of. Right. Uh, So I was born in Denver, Colorado, and moved to the East Coast when I was four. So I pretty much had the same friend group from, you know, elementary school. And that's, that's a big step is moving out and, you know, being away from all these support systems of your friends and parents and trying to just dive into this new realm of a higher level of academics and meanwhile making new friends living in a you know little box of a dorm room 
sharing a space with someone else who you've never met before. It's just there's, you know, plenty to be anxious about and plenty to, you know, to expose yourself to. There's, um, yeah, I think those, those are all, those are all key points for, you know, exploring yourself. So, Ellen, you know, I'm, I am two years away from launching my, my oldest child off on, you know, a similar kind of journey, which scares the poop out of me. That should. <laughs> so thank you for that reassurance. That was very helpful. That's, that's, that's empathic moment right, there. Right, right, Thank you. So what, I, I want to ask both of you this, but like what, what were your worries? Well, my biggest worry, though I don't know that I could articulate it at the time, but I can now in retrospect, is that Peter wasn't ready. And I think that, I mean, Peter's shaking his head right now. I, I don't think that he necessarily was. So that's my biggest worry, and it's hard to gauge what that is. It's hard to even talk about that because there's this, you know, there's this I don't, break that happens in those last two years of college or high school, I mean, in preparation for leaving the nest. And I think it makes communication really hard. So it's hard. You know, my advice would be to listen to your child and, and what they're trying to say, but oftentimes they're not really communicating with you. So I guess that my biggest fear was that I wasn't able to listen to him and that he wasn't ready to go. And uh, and Peter, were you really were you willing to tell her what well, problems you were facing <laughs> when you were having that, them? That's what I uh, was saying at the start. Peter, is, is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't have the self-awareness piece to know what to do. And I, on, you know, on top of that, I didn't have the skills for self-advocacy. So not only did I not know what I should have done, I had no way of communicating that. So there are two big pieces missing. When in all reality, I should have just trusted my intuition and known that it didn't feel right at the time. And the hard thing as parents in, in preparation for this is that there aren't a lot of other paths for a lot of demographics. Do you know what I mean? Like if, if you're either – you either need to have a job lined up because you're skilled at something or you go into your parents' business or something or you go to college. And there really isn't a path for somebody who's really just needs more time to sort of figure stuff out. And I think Peter would have benefited and a lot of the kids I see on a daily basis would just benefit from a little extra time to sort of figure it out because for some reason they're not getting that time in well, high school and middle so, school. I mean, it's, it's potentially the subject of a different podcast. Yes, exactly. But, but an important thing that we should mention, that the amount of pressure, the intensity of the pressure yes. prevents what would ordinarily have been some of those preparatory steps yeah. to, to get you ready for whatever it is, whether yeah. it's a family business or college. Right, or, right. But let's, let's, let's break it down. So what are the major areas, Peter, that kids should be looking at? I mean, I'm thinking of academics, social you know, you tell us what what are the what are the big categories that 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 you guys should be trying to get aware of and do something about. A couple things on that. I think having a job in high school was one of the most helpful things I did before uh, before trying to go to college and all that. That's where I found out a lot about myself was working, and I think that's slightly undervalued today. I think it's just school, 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 school. All of a sudden, you're 28, have a bunch of degrees, but you've never worked a day in your life. I think that's a really big piece. Second off, just uh, trusting your intuition as as hard as that is. And 
that's I think one of the biggest pieces right there. Well, I guess if your if your intuition doesn't line up with the kind of cultural context, like, like as you pointed out, if, how often have we have we sat with with kids that we're trying to help and we've just suggested, hey, you don't have to go, right? And it's this weird moment where there there's like this universe that they didn't right. know existed that you've just kind of. I, I didn't I didn't believe that when everyone was telling me, but yeah. you, you don't have to make this decision. Because you don't have to go forward. You. Well, oh yeah, no. And, it, and what else are you going to do? Like, exactly. there's nothing that's sort of okay in our society right now, other than you know the pressure to actually go that next step in a way that is like everybody else's. Right. You you, you can't like just watch. You South feel like Park. A, that's right. right. If, yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And it's and a lot of schools where almost everybody goes to college. If you're not going off to college, you're kind of a failure in yeah, some ways. You feel pariah. like a, you feel like you're you're a step out of things. And that's that's not a, across the country that way, but even in the small town of Wisconsin where I grew up, where it used to be, you know, you, only twenty percent of kids went to college. Now eighty percent of kids right. go and, to and college. To, and to be fair, you know, having having worked with schools as, as we all have, yeah, I don't think they actively set out to make those kids outcasts. I think the, the oh, cult, absolutely not. You know, it's not a school thing. It's, I, I think it's, it's just the culture seeps into whatever environment schools are products of their cultures right. and so they ne- necessarily reflect it. Yeah. But regardless, as you point out, it has this effect of making people think that they're at this right. know, severely not... binary moment. Right. They can do this or that. Right. And I think what Jean was, was asking before about what were their skills, do you feel like it's a skill thing, Peter? Like academics or organization right. or Right. Or like a social skills thing. Like yeah, you, I, I, let's get practical now because yeah. I think the, I think totally. that the listeners want to know. Okay, so what are the major areas that can get you into trouble? And the second question is, what are some tips or advice that you would give other students in any of these areas? Uh, in terms of getting into trouble, that is almost impossible for that to not happen. Uh, <laughs> and how? Uh, well, trouble in what areas? Like, say, academic. Uh, being able to organize your own thoughts. Okay. Uh, being able to form your own opinions. There's so, like, once again, there's so much going on. It's such a time of transition. There's so much to process. There's so many decisions to choose that a lot of people just go into autopilot and are kind of oblivious to the world around them and just let decisions be made for them or they could do the opposite and take any you know be very impulsive and take any opportunity they could whether it's harmful or positive like avoid work like get into, exactly. into you know binging binge drinking exactly. or, or partying yeah. or, or or just avoiding the situation running away as it were yeah, we're and both. I think we're yeah, both <laughs> exactly the uh, the most helpful thing is to find a happy medium somewhere right. in there of exposing yourself to new things, new ideas, and people, and also you know staying on track with what you believe in and starting to form your own opinions. On. So, so let's let's get real specific about tips. So there are a lot of parents and young adults listening. And what specific tips would you give college students who are confused or troubled about something or, or are having problems? And what, what, what can they do? Who do they go to? And let, me, let me beat you to this one just for a second because you've already said one tip a bunch of times and I really want to make sure you, you focus on it. You said trust your intuition. You said that like three or four times. Right. And it's such an interesting you know, idea that, that you had this gut sense that some things weren't right, but it was hard to sort of trust that yep. and then hard to know what to do with it. Yep. So that 
feels to me like a concrete tip. If yep. you have a sense that things aren't right, yeah. that's actionable. Like yeah. you should do something about it. I've I've always had trouble, you know, sitting in class and going to school. So I've kind of gotten used to ignoring that gut feeling. But it was something entirely different when I was getting into the car. And, you know, like packing up the car in the morning to drive to, to move in on the first day or whatever. I, it's it's almost inexplicable. It's just a sense of fear mixed with dread and excitement. It's, it's so much at once for someone to process who is, you know, getting an amazing opportunity to go to school and to expand your horizons. But, yeah, I'd say trust your own, trust your intuition is the most important piece. Do you think in um, – one of the questions that was asked is who do you call – do you feel like it was a good thing to be able to call your parents? Do you think it would have been better to lean on your peers or if there was somebody at it, – it, it always seemed to me that there was no one at school itself, at the college, that you could go to if you were struggling oh, or yeah, they trouble. Oh, yeah. They do have free counseling at pretty much like every institution. Okay. I didn't really utilize that so much. That would have been helpful. Well, why not? Um, it's such a it's such a transitional time where you're really transitioning to adulthood and want your own independence and I think people just really want to have the freedom to make their own mistakes and to be able to have their own success and really make it feel like they're theirs that it is their own success and that that's just it's a really cool thing but it's also really scary because you make things harder for yourself but you're telling us something that's actually way out there in, in, in all the all the research is showing that a lot of kids, over half, have problems in college of one kind or another, and only a small fraction, maybe, maybe a quarter, if we're lucky, will actually use kind of the resources that are available. And the ones who do are often mandated, too. Right. I mean, they're often told by the right. resident assistant or the dorm house. So uh, over half of the kids that are having problems are kind of like, lost. I wish I had an answer for that. I, <laughs> yeah, that is a million dollar question. Yeah, that is that's a really good question. So it takes courage. Yeah. Um, it does take courage. What other tips would you recommend for, for kids? Intuition, go to resources. Being able to ask for help and not have, have you perceive it as admitting defeat. That's the biggest thing. Like uh, what I was saying about, you know, forming your own sense of independence a lot of times people will just be really obstinate about, you know, not being, not being able to ask for help, you know, because they want, like, oh, I did all of this, you know, I did this all myself. I didn't know help along the way, and I think that's pretty foolish of a tactic, you know. It doesn't that, – that's just me looking back as 18-year-old me three years ago. I Yeah, I should have I should have gone to the counseling. I should have been listening to myself. And in terms of tips, I would say feel yourself out and know where you stand. Do you tell your parents? I mean, your mom's right here. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's that's a question you could answer. Do you think I was using you as a well, support system? I think that it, there's this other side where parents want their kids to be independent. So I'm the kind of parent who doesn't want to hover. And so that is sometimes good and sometimes not good because then it could be that I think you're just doing humming along just great by yourself because I haven't heard from you in a couple of weeks when really that might not might not have been the case. And one of the things we've done is 
these weekly phone calls. I yeah, mean, and I that's think that's a nice. great tip. Like we helpful. just do, we all, tip. you know, mom, dad, yeah, Peter, I, I all forgot about that. That, decide uh, to do we, this. We, we set a, a time. A time, yeah. It's the same time every week that we all can, you know, have anywhere from five minutes to two hours to talk yeah. about anything oh, that's, that's going cool. on. Put it all out in the open so everyone is on the same page and everyone can be feel comfortable about the upcoming week. We usually do it on Sundays. Nice. So yeah. that's, yeah, we did. that's what and I did it, in college. That's yeah, so yeah, yeah. And but, but it was it was interesting because it was kind of necessary. There were no cell phones. There's no right, internet. Right. So right. your phone was connected to a core. We had this discussion before. So there had to be a designated time where you knew somebody was next to the phone and you could check in. And I remember they were either five minutes or two hours, depending on what was going on. And that's something time. that might has uh, might have you know changed with the times that you can just instantly send a text to someone you know for like hey how you doing oh good you know yeah. oh this this that boom 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 when it's a, a lot harder to take the patience to sit yourself down and be on the phone for like a good hour yeah and just put it all out there because it's the little things that actually i have found with you and a lot of the kids that i work with that that are these little humps these little what we think is a little hiccup as a as a adult you know a older adult um like a change in a roommate a change in a you know dorm placement a just a, a, a girlfriend or a yeah, boyfriend i mean where it's those little things that can, like i might not things. talk to you for a couple yeah. a couple weeks and all <laughs> of a sudden big. i realize oh yeah. your roommate moved out because he and that just changes everything and so Seriously. but you know one thing I'm, I'm thinking about in listening to this is that the models that we use for mental health doesn't sound like it works at all for you know the model which is like we provide free counseling counseling is once a week for an hour you come in might not actually be the way that people your age at that station in life really want to use mental health services like we think this is great that most colleges have the availability but it are you doesn't suggesting sound like that adults might sculpt the world to fit their needs yes, rather than I, the <laughs> ones they're trying to i am i am shocked to hear that but no, we also I, have I, to realize that the number of mental health professionals in most colleges, the ratio in large universities is one to over 3,000 students. And in the smaller colleges, it's like one to like over 600. So while it's great to go, you may not get that kind of counseling, but it's a good place to start. Right. So so that's, but let me move from that to kind of like... I just want to push back. Ellen's point, I think we should spend a minute on that because you were saying developmentally, if I heard you right. Right. The model we have as adults, we're all adults here, but the adults who provide right, you know, right. care doesn't fit the developmental needs right. for, the, for the very people we're, we're setting out to help. Right. Um, because it's, it's the norm that no one accesses these services. So obviously, yeah. they're, even when we provide them for free, even, yeah. even if they're not that plentiful, we provide them right. and, and they don't access them for whatever reason, some of the reasons that Peter's yeah. talking about, that we maybe we're just not even thinking about this in the, even in the realm of right, right. what they need. Right, in fact, from a, a developmental, pers- yeah. Absolutely, a huge percentage of the people who do access those mental health services at colleges actually came from mental health services yep. before they got right. to college. Right. It was all set up right. ahead of time. Exactly. So the people yes. who need to access the care right. are not quite, they're developmentally de-incentivized. Right. You know, it's, right. it's just not where they're at. Right. And and let me, we have to wind down, but but one one big question is, Peter, what do you think about this? Sometimes it's time to just take a break. Yeah. Sometimes it's time for a student to say, this is not the right place for me. Right. So either some time off or a transfer. 
What do you think about that? Oh man, that was such a sense of relief when I when I finally you know threw my chips in and folded whatever however you want to phrase it. It was actually the last possible day I could have withdrew if I had you know waited one more day I would have technically dropped out and you know failed all my classes. But I I, I was on the last day within you know two hours of the school like closing for the weekend. But after I went through that process. I felt just an infinite (laughs) sense of relief and just that I have like my own time now. I, not that it wasn't my own time before that, but it was, you know, you go from this structure in high school of, you know, uh, you go here for 50 minutes, you go here, you get 30 minutes for lunch, you got five minutes to go to the bathroom, you know, it's very regimented. And then you go to a very, fluid structure or lack of structure in college where you pick your own classes and you you get a taste of that in high school but it's not really the same you go to all these different buildings you get time to walk around and smell the flowers or whatever that saying is so to speak Uh, yes so to speak (laughs) and but you were relieved when you when you switched and then that exactly but Did did you actually you 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 withdrew, and what did you do? Uh, I went back home and I worked for a little bit as like a substitute teacher, actually, as a, a professional aide. And that's kind of when I figured out that I need to go back to school because I. I was I was happy. I was better. I, I felt like I wasn't trapped anymore and i know that these are all like silly things to think about like you know looking back or silly things to feel but it was was a very genuine feeling of feeling like trapped in that environment and that there's no way out and that i had to commit to something you know pick a major you know yada 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 but i just felt such a relief just being able to you know watch south park and (laughs) South Park's usually a relief. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you, well, you managed you felt a relief to be able to watch it and not worry that there was 10,000 pounds of homework hanging exactly. over your head and study and stuff. Um, but, yeah, it's something so simple as taking a break and um, being able to look back. You know, you've, you've been in school your whole life from, you know, age six or whatever. And it's, it's kind of nice to just look back and retrospect, be like, oh, okay, this happened because of this. The other thing that's changed, too, is that... You decided you're just going to do college on a slower pace, which yeah. is another That's option. Good, yeah. You know, in terms of a tip, it's it's not really a tip, but it's just a way of thinking that we tend to not go there. Yeah, I took like 20 credits my first uh, first semester, and um, I've been taking like 12 credits or so. You know, these past past terms, and it's just. It's been way better. So here's here's the thing. Obviously, whenever we are just keep going and recognize that we could keep going, it deserves another podcast. I think we should come back. We, it doesn't have to be all of us, but but talk about all of those alternate routes that that don't get discussed and aren't part of the I don't know, cultural mainstream. Right now, I think I think the take home is that it is a hard time that we might kind of take for granted. We might accept that it's hard, but don't really think that through. And um, I'm just so glad we had you here, Peter, and, and your mom, Ellen, to talk to us about it. If 
folks have any questions or want to chime in, please uh, do write us at the website mghclaycenter.org. I'm Steve Schlossman. I'm Gene Bereson. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.